Welcome to the Michelleness Project. This is a conversation about fitness, mindfulness, happiness, healthiness, and all the other Nesses we'll encounter along the way. I'm Michelle Mason, a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach, and I'll be your host along this journey. Hi, everyone. I hope your day is off to a good start. Welcome back to the Michelleness Project. I'm not going to lie, you guys, this is the third time I am pressing record here. Normally, I just hit record and go and let the ums, buts, pauses, and feel like the times I'm talking in circles, you know, go. But today, I'm just, man, I'm struggling with my words. I think it's a little bit of I'm recording this later than I normally do. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but I definitely notice pockets of the day where, you know, I'm more fresh, I'm more articulate, I'm able to concentrate a little bit better. And then I have times like this where I'm, you know, just a little bit more fried. (laughs) Uh, Maybe that's the upcoming holiday weekend coming at us too, who really knows. But I'm going to try to do the best I can. You know, like I said, this is always going to be unscripted, unperfect. I want to come at you guys as naturally as possible because I think that the feedback I've received so far is you guys really like that authenticity and I would rather get something out to you guys uh, versus you know hemming and hauling like hoping that it's perfect and waiting for the perfect time instead of circumstances that's always the kind of you know mentality I try, I try to push and share on you guys with you guys and so I want to live that as well like I'll be honest, this is not a perfect day or time for me to do this at all. I have a lot going on. I'm going to be traveling a lot this month, Um, you know, a lot of packing to do and little extra list items and errands to run and things like that. But, you know, here we are. I think that it is really important to show up and I'm going to do the best I can here. The podcast will not probably be regularly published each Friday this month, just as a, you know, heads up. Um, because of my travel schedule. But, you know, when I can, I will do these. And so I want to make sure to remind you guys to please, please, please subscribe to the podcast, whether you listen in iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, please hit subscribe. I am not the best at always updating my social media when I've recorded a new podcast. Um, And so, you know, please, if subscribe so that you, you know, get those notifications and are aware of when a new podcast is dropped. But like I said, in general, I try to do them every Friday and, you know, this month will just be a little bit hit or miss. But that being said, let's go ahead and get rolling here. Um, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I've gotten from a few of you, or I guess some feedback is that you really want to hear more of my just, you know, general thoughts on things. And again, coming at you from like an unscripted, just kind of like top of mind thing. I was just trying to think about some of the conversations that I seem to have had on repeat this week. And so I just wanted to share that with you. Um, So you could kind of know what was going on with other people, because I think that if someone else is experiencing it, probably a lot of you are as well, and it might be something that helps you out as well. So I feel like I've had a conversation with a lot of people this week about the idea that you cannot live your life in a vacuum. Depending on when you listen to this, it's the 4th of July weekend coming up. And so I know a lot of people are expressing their anxiety over, 
you know, cookouts and parties and special events and traveling and things like that. And, you know, what's going to happen if they miss their workouts or if they aren't able to stay on track with their nutrition during this time. And I just want everybody to just take a deep breath. I totally get where you're coming from. But here's the thing, guys, we are never going to live our lives in a vacuum. There is never going to be a perfect set of circumstances. Trust me, I know it feels really good when you are like on point with your nutrition and your training schedule and everything is like rocking and rolling and you're able to do exactly what you set out to do. I love that. I thrive on structure. I thrive on routine. I am not faulting anybody for feeling this anxiety and this stress around this. But I'm just here to remind you that this is normal and it's just all part of life. And you're not going to ruin your progress by taking a couple of days off from the gym or, you know, indulging a little bit more here and there this weekend. This is life. These curveballs will always be thrown. And I think the most important thing is that we learn to adapt. We learn to pivot. We learn to do the best we can with a given set of circumstances and roll with those punches. I think it's also like we get so caught up in these weekends like this or this day where we know we're going to be eating a lot that we forget that most of our success is determined by what we do the rest of the time, right? So if you can focus on what you can control, like the weekdays, let's say, you know, or uh, the days leading up to travel, focusing on that, like really dialing in, doing a great job of nailing your workouts, every set and rep, staying on your schedule, sticking to your meal plan, you know, like that you have planned out for the day or, you know, what you know makes you feel your best. That's going to be what to focus on because that you can control. And then, you know, the 10 to 20% of the time when these events come up, like your husband asks you on a date last minute, or, you know, you get invited to a barbecue or you have a wedding or whatever, then you can let loose and, and indulge a little bit more. You're not worried about tracking every morsel of food or, you know, you're not worried about missing one day at the gym. Like, you know, you can adapt and pivot and just do the best you can with getting on track the next day. You know, again, there's a big difference between letting one of these special events be a special event and indulging or skipping a workout and then getting back on track versus like letting that spiral into like a five day fuck it mentality where you don't do anything. You know, you're like, well, I'll just start back next week because I've already ruined this week. Stop doing that. That's where you're getting caught up. That's why these events give you so much anxiety because that's what you do. If you were to just treat it like one thing, just one day or one vacation and then get right back on track, you wouldn't ruin every, anything. Your weight is supposed to fluctuate. Of course, if you eat more food, you're going to gain a little bit of weight. You drink more water, whatever. Of course, if you, you know skip a few workouts, you're going to feel less strong the next time you come back to the gym. But that's all normal and part of the process, right? So we have to just remember this, that it's really all about what we can control versus these like, you know, times we're going out to dinner or the events and things like that when they come up like this. 
So remember, life isn't meant to be, you know, this thing where you control every little aspect of it. And I want you guys to relax, to have fun. It's going to just help you mentally, like get your head back in the game and You know, when you really live the life that you want to be living, when you identify as someone who's fit and who's healthy, it makes this all so much easier because you want to get back to that baseline where you're feeling really good and not so bloated and, you know, gross the next day, right? So use this as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to, you know, treat this in a way that maybe is a little bit different than you have in the past and you know look forward to it be really excited by the opportunity that it presents because you are in control here of how you feel and letting loose and having a little bit of fun is totally normal and it is part of the human experience so you all deserve that so go forth conquer and have fun Um, okay. So that was, that was definitely like on my mind because I, like I said, I've had this conversation a lot this week. And then, you know, where I want to go from here is I want to talk about a question that one of my clients had, but before I tell you about his question, I want to talk about him because I think that, you know, first of all, he deserves a little bit of credit and kudos and a big pat on the back, but also like, you know, when you are a coach. There are certain people that stand out to you for certain reasons, right? Um, and I've worked with a lot of people at this point. And I think that sometimes it's just really helpful to acknowledge, you know, these clients because it just is such a joy to work with people like this. And I think that it can be helpful for other people to learn like what a coach is looking for. Um, or what a coach appreciates, I guess would be a better way of putting it. I know that a lot of coaches listen to this podcast, and I'm sure you guys are nodding your head in agreement. I think that clients a lot of times think that they're going to disappoint me. Um, You know, like for example, if they miss a nutrition check-in, they'll kind of ignore me for a while. Or if they don't feel like they performed their best in a workout, they'll feel embarrassed or they'll qualify it with, I know I didn't do very well today, or I know I could have done better. Um, You know, they think that they're going to disappoint me in some capacity. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I look at our relationship as a coach and a client as something where, you know, we are communicating, we are helping you to become a better version of yourself. And just like, kind of like the, you know, life doesn't exist in a vacuum, like that we just talked about when it comes to like that relationship with clients and me, you know, I know that you don't live in a vacuum. I know that some days you are tired. Some days you have stress of work. Some days, for whatever reason, we are just not as strong as we were the day before that. Sometimes we all fall off track with our nutrition. Like these things are all normal and part of the process. So I think that that ebb and flow is normal and I'm just here to help and support you. There's no disappointing me when it comes to expectations of, you know, numbers you should hit or what you should be doing by a certain period in time or after a certain amount of time working together. Like I want people to let all of that go. Okay. And I want to give this person credit because he, um, is really what I 
you know, would say that, you know, people should strive to do to get the most out of their training and nutrition and especially the coaching process. And that's that he has really trusted this process. This person has had a great attitude. Um, He has, you know, trained consistently for, I guess we've been working together for like a year now, maybe longer, maybe a little bit less. I don't know, but you know, we've come a long way together and our communications improved. He's done a good job of giving me feedback where it's needed. You know, as life circumstances have changed, he's busy, he's got kids, he's, you know, taken on more responsibility at work and switched jobs and things like that. You know, we've had to adapt and we've had to pivot and we've had to, you know, cut workouts and, make, you know, certain things a little bit different, like lay out the template of how we're going to train a little bit differently. And again, like coming back to that adaptability, like he's the epitome of somebody who has just adapted and just rolled with the punches and really trusted every step of the way. And I know that, you know, you hear the phrase like trust the process a lot, but I think when it comes to training, it can be really, really hard Uh, The same can be true for nutrition, especially if you're not making progress as fast as you'd like. You feel like, oh, this must not be working, right? Or that there's something wrong with you or you need to double down and do something differently. And, you know, as a coach, again, I just can't emphasize enough how much I appreciate somebody who's, you know, willing to just trust the process and not only trust the process, but enjoy it. Enjoy the ups and downs. Like laugh at yourself when you fail. And um, like he literally, like he failed a squat. He was testing his one rep max and failed an attempt. And I'm watching the video and he's laughing as he's coming out, you know, crawling out from under the bar. And it was just such a like a refreshing moment because in part it was like it was a relief that he had learned how to fail a squat because he had never done that before. Like we've just kept going up and up and up every single time, you know. And so this was like uh, something that was like kind of looming over him. So I think in part it was a relief that he actually failed. And so he knew that like it was going to be okay. Like I taught him how to set his safeties. I taught him how to bail properly. And so I think it was partially that, but I think it was also that like he had already achieved so much. Like at the end of the day, like no one is going to put on your gravestone what you weighed or what you could squat, deadlift or bench, right? Like that's hilarious to actually think of that. Um, but thank God they don't do that. So, you know, it's again, like just enjoying that process. It's just been a delight to work with because he asks really good questions and, you know, understands that every time we start a new training block and I ask him to try something new, he's going to be bad at it at first. It's going to feel awkward and uncomfortable and his form might be off and I might have like a lot of notes for him. But with time, it's going to get better. And at this point, he like recognizes that. And he's like, yeah, I'm looking at this that you have programmed. And I know it's going to suck. And I know it's going to be like super awkward. But I'm sure after a couple of weeks, I'll figure it out. And I love that. I love that. And I just, I want that for everybody I work with. I told him I wish I could bottle up his attitude and energy and just give it to everybody. Because I think that if we all looked at training in this way or nutrition in this way and just realized that you know, there's no right or wrong. There's no one path. There's so many roads you can go down. And so much of this is up to individual variance, right? Like a program that works for one person is not going to work for another. And so if you just kind of figure yourself out along the way, this is all a journey of exploration and to try to get better. 
And that's what I want for everybody. So I know that was a long tangent, um, but I really just wanted to share that, you know, again, just to give him the props that he deserves, but also just to, you know, again, remind you that for me as your coach, it's not about what you lift or what you weigh. It's about, you know, your approach and mentality in this process. At the end of the day, guys, it's just training. Like none of us are getting paid for this. I mean, I'm getting paid to like program it for you, but like none of us are getting paid to, you know, hit the gym four times a week. Uh, or, you know, I, I'm not working with like any like, you know, high level competitive bodybuilders or anything like that right now. So, you know, let's just have fun and like, let's enjoy the life that is not lived in a vacuum. Oh, tying it all back together. All right, there we go. So anyway, so his question that I want to round out today's discussion on is, you know, we were talking about how he's testing his one rep maxes this week. And so, I have him deloading next week and kind of doing a little pivot for the next few weeks where we're going to step away from barbell training. He's done, you know, obviously a lot of heavier lifting at higher intensities these last couple weeks. And so, you know, I mentioned it would be a good time to step away and to do more, um, you know, some different things, right. To work more with kettlebells, you know, you know, depending on who you are, like dumbbells, bands, body weight movements and things like that. So he, his question was a good one. Uh, he asked if he should be worried that he will lose all of his strength pivoting away from the main lifts like this. And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about the concept of a deload. What the heck it is. Do you need it? And should you expect to lose all of your strength? And now I want to pause right here because I recognize that my listeners, um, you know, I don't want to get too scientific here. I don't want to like load you down with research and things like that because a lot of you really like want to just understand what these terms mean, right? So I'm going to try to explain this as simply as possible. So all you coaches out there listening, I know I'm kind of simplifying a lot of this and glossing over other pieces of the puzzle here, but I'm just trying to share what I think is most important to you guys and what you kind of need to know. Um, so a deload is a planned break from your regularly scheduled programming um, for, you know, lack of a more complicated definition. Okay. Definitely like, you know, read up on them. There's a lot more resources that I can share with you in the podcast notes if you are interested, um, or if you have more specific questions, but you know, something like this, where somebody is, you know, going through a program that they're following that is ramping up in intensity. It's getting more intense. It's getting harder and harder it is advantageous for you to take a deload after that uh, for several reasons that I'll get into. Um, you know, it can look a little bit different for certain people. Um, for like a high level lifter, somebody who's been lifting for a long time, somebody who's working with barbells a lot, or, um, you know, is powerlifting, strongman training, Olympic weightlifting, things like that it could look like a week off from the gym, literally, like literally doing nothing aside from walking, maybe some mobility and foam rolling work. It could be, you know, maybe you're cycling or, you know, hiking or whatever. 
Um, or it could just be a reduction in like the number of sets and reps you're doing of a particular exercise. So different people treat it differently. Um, for a lot of my people, I will pivot and do something different. Like for example, if we've been working a lot with barbells, I might have you work with dumbbells, bands, body weight. I might have you focus on other goals like, Hey, have you ever tried to do a pistol squat or a pull up or a push up? Um, things like that. You know, it's, it's a way to kind of pivot your training, so to speak. Now you might be listening to this and thinking, what the hell? I just go to the gym and like do some bicep curls and some squats. I don't really follow a program or I hit up a class a couple times a week. Do I need to deload? How does this conversation apply to me? And I will tell you that in most cases, no, this does not apply to you. So the deload is really intended for people who are following a structured program um, you know, depending on what type of program you're following, you might want to do a deload every four to 10 weeks. You know, it just kind of depends. This is one of those things where like, I just talked about learning about yourself, uh, through the training process and what works for you. Everybody's a little bit different. Some people need to take a day or a week of lesser intensity more frequently, and some need to do it, um, you know, less frequently. So that kind of all depends. And the longer you do this, the more you'll kind of figure that out for yourself. But yeah, in general, if you're just like doing Peloton workouts or going to classes at the gym and stuff, you don't need it. it now, if you notice some of like the symptoms I'm about to talk about, or you feel like you're burnt out or whatever, then absolutely. Like you can do, you know, a day where you take a yoga class instead, or, you know, take a day off the gym or, you know, use a weekend like this one where you're like freaking out about not being able to go to the gym and just take that time off and, you know, use that as a deload and come back stronger next week. So it all kind of tends to work out for most people um, in that life handles your deload. So even if you've been training with me for a while, let's say you're training at home and we're doing stuff with dumbbells, bands, kettlebells, whatever, and you notice that I don't really have you deload very often, um, or it's seemingly at all, just know that it, you know, usually like you can kind of take care of that just by pivoting programs. Like for my clients, I will tend to switch up their programming every four weeks or so, just to like give them variety, give them new exercises to work on. And I kind of look at like week one as a deload, because anytime you're learning new exercises, like you're not going to be as efficient at them. Like my client noted, you know, you're going to be figuring out you might suck at first. You might not be able to like use as much weight or whatever. So that is kind of a deload in and of itself. So if you've been working with me and you're like, what the heck, Michelle's never talked about this with me before. Know that it's kind of something that we've intuitively like worked into the process. Um, this question was specifically geared to somebody who is testing a one rep max. He wants to see how much he can squat, bench, deadlift. So again, it looks a little bit different for everybody, but I think this is valuable for everyone to hear just so A, you know more about training and the training process and B, like you can learn if this is something that you need to apply and if so, how. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of the benefits because the question, will you lose your strength in a deload? Absolutely not. In fact, most of the time you can actually come back stronger from a deload. And so I wanted to kind of talk about some of the benefits and, you know, why deloading is important. 
Um, I think that first and foremost, the most important reason to, to deload or to take a little break from intense training every now and again is for the mental benefits it provides. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been, you know, eight to 10 weeks in a program deep and you are just getting that mental fatigue, you're like kind of dreading warming up every time. You're like, oh, this is going to take me so long. I've got to do so many warm up sets here. I don't feel like doing my mobility work or the accessory exercises after blah, blah, blah. Like the list goes on like that mental fatigue is real. And the more, you know, closely you fly to the sun, so to speak, or the more, you know, the higher your intensity is, the more those feelings intensify. I will compare it to when somebody's in a cut or a really steep caloric deficit, like the deeper the deficit, the more the person is likely to like be fantasizing about just saying screw it and like not logging their food, binging and things like that. That kind of, that is kind of the closest comparison I can give from a training perspective. You know what I'm talking about if you've ever trained intensely, like, you know, what I'm referring to here. And so when you give yourself that opportunity to step back and to deload, the mental benefits of that are huge. I think it just helps you to like reinvigorate your love for training and to get motivated again. Because like I said, I think that starts to wane the farther and farther you go down this road. And so I think that that's really one of the most important benefits of the deload is just that mental break that it gives and, and that reprieve. And, you know, again, it kind of reminds you why you love lifting in the first place if you give your opportunity or yourself the opportunity to start to miss it. So that's one, um, one reason. Another thing uh, that, you know, we have to talk about is the fact that when you are training at a higher intensity Um, meaning, you know, lifting heavier weights. I'm talking like a few reps here, right? For uh, heavier weights. So closer to your one rep max, the closer to your one rep max you're, you're lifting, the more we need to give your joints and ligaments a break and a chance to recover. You know, it's, listen, it's great for the body to, um, you know, be doing resistance training and you're obviously like, getting stronger bones and muscles as a result. But at a certain point, it is also taxing and stressful on the body. And so every now and again, we do need to just be mindful of that and to, you know, give those joints a little bit of a break from the heavy lifting. Um, I guess uh, my personal favorite when I think about like reasons to deload or, you know, why deloading is important Um, would be that it gives you the opportunity to step back and focus on technique. I don't know if you've been in this situation, um, if you haven't done barbell lifting, but I can give you an example here. So the heavier you start to lift, like we, we spend so much time focusing on technique in the beginning because when the weight gets heavier, you are like not able to think about all of your cues, right? Like you're not really as cognizant of, okay, I'm going to make sure I rip the floor apart with my feet and pull the bar underneath my shoulders when I'm squatting, you know, big brace. Like you literally kind of just are thinking, okay, I've got to be able to stand up with this bar. And 
So the more you can practice perfect technique at lighter loads, the more that's going to carry over as the weights get heavier. And so, you know, the same thing could be said if like you start off, let's say, and you're doing like dumbbell or kettlebell goblet squats with 25 pounds for a set of eight and you work your way up to, let's say, doing four sets of eight with 40 or 45 pounds, like the heavier that gets, the less you're able to focus on the technique. You have to rely on all the work you did at the lighter weights in order to make sure that your form doesn't break down over heavier weights, if that makes sense. Um, so when you deload, you know, when you're purposely stepping back and saying, okay, I'm only going to lift like 70% of what I could lift before, or I'm going to, you know, focus on goblet squats instead of barbell squats or something. It allows you to like slow down and focus on the technique, the technique that helped you build to where you got in the first place. For me, I always feel like I get so much more out of the deload week because I'm actually able to like make that mind muscle connection that's so important that we've talked about. And I'm actually able to like breathe and think, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be feeling it and reminding myself of all those little things. Like sometimes I actually come out of that period better because of that, you know, because if you've been used to squatting with a bar on your back for, you know, the last 12 weeks, and then you go and do a kettlebell goblet squat or a dumbbell goblet squat or a landmine squat, it's going to force you to reconnect to that technique and think about all those things like making sure to drive the knees out and, you know, keep the torso stacked, that rib to hip relationship where you're bracing your core and all of those things. So it's kind of like, you know, relearning it in a sense. And so I always think that's a really valuable aspect of it. Um, There's also the fact that, you know, changing the stimulus, doing a different exercise or reducing the intensity and, you know, how hard you're doing, how hard the set is, how much volume you're doing in the form of, you know, sets and reps and load. Um, you know, the closer you are to a one rep max, the more central nervous system fatigue there is. And again, stress is stress and it's compounding effects that just keeps building up over time. So it can really help to reduce that, you know, fatigue that you feel that central nervous system fatigue. Um, you know, it can help reduce inflammation and, you know, just help you feel a lot better overall because we all need to recover from that because, Again, our bodies don't know where the stress is coming from. So we just need to make sure that we, you know, are recovering as hard as we train. (laughs) Um, And then the last thing I want to say is that it's, it's a good reminder that to, you know, maintain the muscle that you've built in a training block, it only takes about 50% of what you were doing during that program to maintain it. So you could do 50% less of what you were doing to maintain your muscle. Um, You might lose a little bit of strength initially, but it will come back over time. And again, because of all these other things that I've cited, you're probably going to come back stronger than you were before because we need all of those, you know, other things like the mental benefits and giving our joints a break and, you know, focusing on the technique in order to improve our range of motion, our mobility. You're only as strong um, as the range of motion you can express that strength in. And 
So I think that, you know, we, we definitely can come back stronger from a deload. It is not going to ruin your progress by any means. I think that sometimes when people come back to, you know, like the barbell lifts or to heavier lifting after taking some time off or doing a planned deload, it, you can definitely feel weaker for sure. And like I said, you'll lose a little bit of strength, but I think that a lot of that, you know, feeling less strong can really be attributed to the fact that you haven't been practicing that particular technique. So like if you were, you know, doing barbell bench press, you know, again, for a a training cycle, let's say you were doing it for 12, 16 weeks or whatever, and then you go and do dumbbell bench press for 16 weeks, that's a different movement. I mean, it's similar, but you're getting a different range of motion. You're stabilizing a little bit differently holding the dumbbells than you would with the barbell. It's, it's just slight nuances in the technique. So of course, when you go back to doing it with the barbell, it is going to feel a little bit different and you are going to have to relearn some of those like motor movement patterns. So you actually might feel weaker at first and like you've lost a lot of strength, but those, you know, gains come back very, very quickly. Um, okay. So I think that covers that question. I thought it was a really good question. Cause like I said, like, you know, he's somebody who really trusts the process and I just appreciate the conversation and the questions. And it just made me think that, you know, as a coach and for all you coaches listening, it was a good reminder of like how to be a better communicator as a coach, because I feel like we know all this stuff. And I might say, Hey, I'm having you deload this week, or, Hey, we're going to switch your training up this month, you know, focus on conditioning instead of this, or focus on, you know, X, Y, or Z or whatever. I feel like we throw a lot of this stuff in and, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, no one that we work with really like lives, eats, breathes this stuff in the same way that we do. And, you know, it's just, again, a good opportunity to learn more about the training process because I fully believe that the more you know, the more you learn, the more educated you are about this process, the more invested you will be in yourself. And that is how you are going to grow. That is how you are going to get stronger over time and, you know, be a better human and, you know, really crush those goals that you set for yourself. So, I hope that this helps and I hope that you guys all have a wonderful weekend and take care of yourselves. Catch you next time. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. It means the world to me to have you here and I hope that you found this helpful. If you have a question that you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can submit a question to me directly at my website, michellegmason.com, or email me at michellegmason at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at michellegmason, or request to join my private Facebook group, Michelle Mason Strong Squad. Until next time, be well.